Hello and welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to talk about the uncomfortable truth of blending families. I, I like I just love the idea of put, you're going to slam your family into a blender and that doesn't sound terribly comfortable. And to share with us on this topic, we've got Rebecca Eckler, who is a publicist, but also a published author. And she's the author of the book, Blissfully Blended Bullshit, which is where she sort of lays out the uncomfortable truth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. So nice to have you. Oh, it's so nice to, to be invited. Thank you so much. And I'm so slow. You know, for those of you who are on the video blog, you can see the cover of her book off to the left there. For those of you who are on the podcast, you're going to have to imagine you can see it. You know, I, I get like I, I have all these little notes. I could just be looking at Rebecca and it would all be self-evident. Hey, Rebecca, the question that I ask everyone on the front end of the podcast is, how did your heart lead you to writing this book and and doing this work? And actually, before you answer the question, I just want to like say that Rebecca is very missional. Her publishing company is dedicated to sharing women's truth. She publishes, it sounds like exclusively for women. She's uh, filling a really unique and needed niche. All right. Now, how did your heart lead you to do this work? To do the book um, or the publishing house? Um, <laughs> I suspect they're related, however you want, wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, I will say that Blissfully Blended Bullshit is actually my 10th uh, published uh, memoir. Um, so I have published actually 10 bestseller, bestselling books. Nice. And I always feel that, you know, with when it comes to writing and our authors, they expect you to, you know, you're only as good as your last book. You have to keep writing. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to be typecasted forever. I'm, I, I'm happy with 10 books. Like I'm, I'm good. And I saw this niche in publishing, which I thought that I could fill, um, meaning uh, I want to help aspiring female writers who would not get the chance because they don't have the name. They don't have the following that they, that big publishing houses think they need. Um, so I wanted to fill that void, but with blissfully blended bullshit, my heart led me to write it because I found it so necessary. So two things were going on at the same time. Uh, one, I was attempting to blend a family mm -hmm. and I could understand because we would argue over like really small things and I had a handful of friends who had blended before me and I would bring up something like why like you're not going to believe this we got in a fight over who says hi first like the stepchildren or me as this bonus mother or stepchildren we that was a year-long fight and it was only after I started saying all these things that were happening that all my blended friends who were in blended families, they're like, oh, yeah, that that happened to me, too. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was sort of in that uh, time where, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, all these celebrities are speaking out about going on vacations with their exes. Oh, we have the best co-parenting relationship. And I'm thinking, uh, well, no, that's not true for 98% of people in blended families, you're making it sound like it's all, hey, let's go on a vacation. We get together every Friday night for dinner. That's not reality mm -hmm. for most people. 
That's so very, that's very real and actually very inspiring. And I, and I think it's true. I think those of us who have who are in blended families. I mean, we were saying before the show, these kids behind me, they're they're his, mine, and ours behind us. And there's more than that. Like those are just three out of six. You could the other three are like up above the screen. It's it's not this. It's just like the disparity between what people post on Facebook and and real life. You know, on Facebook, people post, oh, today I had the most amazing eggs with with avocado and my life is so wonderful. Oh, look, here's my beautiful car. But, you know, in the background, there's there's shit happening that people aren't talking about. And so the real the truth about blended families is it, it, it that image of blended is for real. Like there's stuff going on that might feel like painful and stressful. Part of the blending is moving through the tough stuff. Yeah. And it's hard. If anyone thinks it's easy, it is so hard. And I actually call my, like myself in this memoir, like I'm a cautionary tale and I'm, we were speaking, you know, slightly before the show and, and I am a cautionary tale. And this book is not about me being a step-parent. It's about how blending families affects everyone, including, you know, I'll just throw out my parents as an example, right? How, you know, they would, they didn't know how to act. It's a different generation, right? So, you know, they would come over and they're like, do we have to, like, are we taking out just our biological children? Are we just, are we taking everybody? Like, so, you know, people don't really understand what goes on behind the closed doors of a blended family. And that's what I am sharing and yes, I am a cautionary tale. And I was saying, uh, as I was writing this book, I had to change it because it imploded. Um, and everyone says, oh, the first, you know, two years are, you know, the hardest. And I thought to myself, no, the first two years were actually okay. It was after those two years that it imploded and blew up. Um, and my situation is like yours. So I met a man. Uh, he had two children. I had a daughter from a previous uh, relationship. And then we had a child together. So there's four, there were four kids in this blended family mix. And um, I mean, hard is being soft and kind. Um, I think I said to you earlier too, you need to have a huge heart. You cannot be a selfish person. Uh, if you are trying to blend and listen, I don't come across all that great in this book either. There's a lot that I, I have learned and uh, continue to deal with to this day, even though we have, uh, our, like I said, our, my blended family imploded after uh, about seven years. And um, it's actually kind of sad, like looking back. So I have a daughter and a my biological daughter and my biological son, but I don't, there's no relationship anymore with uh, my ex, the, my ex's other children mm -hmm. who share our like blood relatives with my son. It's, it's, it's hard. I almost feel like we need a drawing of like a family tree. This is what happened. This is how many people are involved. I think there, and there are a lot of reasons why it's uncomfortable and why it's difficult to navigate. You know, and one of the reasons, for example, is um, the studies show that for kids that they the shit doesn't really hit the fan for them until post-divorce. 
So and I don't know if you're if, if how much in your story divorce is involved, but in our blended family, we were both uh, our divorce, the actual divorce. Uh, we even we were dating while we were getting divorced. We were living separately from our spouses. In our minds, we were already divorced while the process was going on. For our kids, they were secretly, I think, secretly, like unconsciously, emotionally hoping that the divorce would stop, even though we were living separately from their parents, even though we were dating each other, even though that was all out in the open. Like it took this all took years. You know, I think the studies show that for kids, when the divorce actually finalizes for them, that's when it gets bad, because what happens is all their secret hope that the that their parents will get back together is suddenly dashed. You know, even though, and it's a, it's a totally irrational secret, secret hope. So in our case, I think my wife's divorce finalized like the week before we got married. Like that's how crazy that was. And mine a couple of months before. So our kids both hit the emotional rocks just, be just before we all got married and moved in together and all that happened. And that's, you know, that puts a lot of, that right there is going to put a lot of stress on a blended family. And so depending on where your kids are on that timeline of when the divorce actually finalizes, when the papers are signed and it gets real for them, you know, that's going to impact how well they blend. I don't know where, where y'all were on that. Yeah, no, I think the age you, you, you've hit on something. I think uh, the age of the kids does play a, a, a definite part when this you wasn't think about even it. the age this is just this the stage of our the stage of our the dissolution of our previous relationships now, honestly we probably would have been wiser to have waited a year after our divorce papers went through before we tried to blend the family because that would have given the kids a year to go all right i get it the divorce is real all right i get it you know that the, the this isn't some crazy thing the two of them being together might be something that's going to be in our horizon for real instead we kind of force them into uh, a, a situation while they hadn't completed their own feelings. And yeah, age did have a lot to do with that too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to be clear, you know, that, that there's, a, th this is about stages of uh, recovery from divorce for the children. And I agree 100%. One of my biggest, I think our biggest mistake was we moved quickly. Like um, on my ex's side, he had literally moved out like two months earlier with his ex-wife they knew the relationship was over and everything and then they very quickly moved into my house with my daughter yep um oh you and, and i could had it done quite quickly <laughs> so i literally had the those love goggles on like i mean looking back it's like wow you moved in really really quickly mm -hmm. and we got pregnant really really quickly um and i always say like my ovaries were screaming because at my age at that time, I was, I was turning 39. And so, you know, the clock was ticking and I think all rational thought went out of my mind because I was like, baby, 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 I want another baby. Um, but touching on your other point is yes. Uh, the X is, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, my, at that time, my step, children or bonus children, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, they have a perfectly good mother, but that being said, you know, early on in the relationship, I really, really wanted my daughter and his daughters to get along. And so there was this summer camp incident where, uh, you know, my daughter was going to a great overnight camp and I wanted his kids to go to the same overnight camp. 
but uh, the mother, for whatever reason, um, I'm not saying she's wrong or right, but she did not want her kids going to the same camp. So really, my daughter did not really, and likewise, his daughters, they didn't really get to know each other mm-hmm. because they went to different schools, uh, sort of lived a different lifestyle. Gotcha. And that also was became a problem. Like, think about this. Like, think about upcoming holidays or or traveling. So he, what, does he have to pay for his two kids and himself and a plane ticket? Or, and then do I just have to pay for my daughter? And then we split the cost of a plane ticket for the our own child? I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot to unpack for sure. Well, it's, so it sounds like your book is a cautionary tale about how things can go upside down. Yes, it's a cautionary tale of how mine imploded, like so many others. But at the same time, if you read it and you see all the arguments we had and see all the problems we had, you can use that and say, okay, well, well they had this problem, this problem, this problem. Let's talk this out before yeah. we well, It's It's blend. an opportunity for people to make good of the bad. And God, you know... God bless you for putting that out there, honestly and truthfully. And I hear that you learned a lot of lessons from this. So, like, what are some of the lessons that? Uh, what are some? What, what's the cautionary part, and what are the lessons? I think our listeners are dying to know. Um, I, we already I, talked about part of it. Part of it is we both both of us marched into our our relationships. Uh, this is probably the blissfully part, like all in love, la di da. If as long as there's love, it's going to make everything great. And and you know, at least that was what part of what was going on for me. And then and th- but then there was what was really happening under the surface for the kids and how that brought up tension. Yeah, I mean, there's things that I look back on and I think, ugh, like, for example, I never felt like a priority as let's say, you know, a traditional couple getting together, like, you know, and a husband and wife, husband and husband, wife, wife, whatever, uh, you know, you're a team, but I never felt like I was a priority. And I know that sounds a little selfish, but when you think about it, it was his kids came first and then I came next and then my daughter came after or maybe the dog came before me I'm not sure um but um and likewise on my end it's very hard to like it's my daughter so I had my daughter uh 90% of the time Mm -hmm. he had his kids 50% of the time so there was there's just so many different things so you know for example, he would get annoyed when my daughter would come in like five times a night to say good night to me. And of course, like the mama bear in me is like, no, she can, she can come in, but I might've been wrong about that. Maybe I should have made him more of a priority. Um, and so that's, that was a big one for me. That's a tough tight rock, a tight rope to walk. And actually, um, I was interviewing someone earlier this week who said exactly the same thing that the challenge of blended families that doesn't come up when people don't have children is that both people have had a longer relationship with the children than they've had with each other. All right. And so there there's, you're forming a partnership, but at the same, same time, you've got years of pre-commitment and pre-allegiance to these children. And so it's, there's a, a unconsciously a natural tendency to put that relationship first, even though that's not the base concept of partnership. So one of the challenges is how do I figure that out? How do I keep my children, you know, in a high place and still build my partnership without 
either being at the expense of the other. And and it's not just us. Like um, there's a chapter in Blissfully Blended Bullshit where I where um, my ex's mother actually blurts out to her credit, you know, but it was like toothpaste. Once it's out, it's out, right? Once you said it, it's out in the universe. And she did say that she couldn't love my daughter as much as she loved my son because my daughter was not biologically related. And okay, so maybe you think that, but why... And it did, it was a slip. She was mortified after, but it was already out there. So now I know how she felt. So how do I forgive that? I, to me, you know, I'm a pretty forgiving person, I think, but sometimes, you know, a parent, you're just like, you want to protect your children. And I could not believe it. It was so shocking and so disappointing. Well, and, but I also think it represents an uncomfortable truth. Um, the uncomfortable truth is that just like, the other parent has, or you have more time with your child than you have with the other parent, your parents and the people in your, I'm going to call it ecology, you know, are more directly connected to your children. And when a new child is brought in, they're starting that relationship from scratch. Um, And plus they're in the position of, all right, you've already had one relationship that didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, So should I really invest myself here? You know, they've got all that. They've got all kinds of other stuff in the background going on. Uh, and and it, and it is real that they don't feel as connected to the stepchildren as they do their blood children. That's real. Now, could that be conquered over time? For sure. Um, but it is an uncomfortable truth of blended families. Yeah, 100%. And it may, and it may not get conquered over time. You know, it may or it may not. That's the challenge. Well, that's the thing. Like, so when I say talk about everything, talk about the money, are you going to, you know, like I own the house um, and, you know, he moved in. We didn't really talk about uh, how are you going to chip in? uh, What are your, you know, sort of obligations? And there were times for real where, you know, his children would come and I also mentioned this in his book and suddenly he would be making these amazing dinners but when his children weren't with us it was like here's some pasta right like it, i mean those little things all add up and what it adds up to is resentment right and so over time you become very resentful of these little things um to the point we were arguing every single night and i'm not even sure what oh you know it was just continuous continuous mm-hmm. um and i felt terrible about that like think about it my daughter's out there in the world she has two uh other young adults that are her sisters to her brother and they don't talk they're not in any communication this is real and um I I think that all the kids are fine you know uh, there was a big age difference between my son at least 10 years with my daughter and at least 13 to 15 years with his other sisters but it's kind of sad that I don't have a relationship with my son's other sisters but it's real yeah it is real um and you know I want to here's as a coach here's the kind of shit that I want to say are you ready I want to say things to you Rebecca like and and I'm going to tell you why I'm not saying it too I want to say things to you like well you know if you really want that you could have that Rebecca and if you're really committed, you know, you can make that happen. But the truth is, 
right? The truth is we have no control over other people and what they choose. And my reason for saying, for holding back and not saying those things in that cheerful, upbeat way that coaches like to say it is that uh, even though I, uh, uh, Rebecca and my situations are different. Rebecca, your marriage is dissolved. And, you know, there's a certain dissolution of the family that went that went with that. My wife and I and our family are still together, but it wasn't like we didn't pay prices for not looking at the uncomfortable truths. Uh, so one result was that our my oldest, our oldest son is in a way outer orbit with our family. He doesn't talk to anyone on his mother's side of the family or his father's side of the family or his steps or anything. Right. And that that's the result of failing to see um what his experience was walking into a blended family and really understanding how to help meet his needs, address his needs. It's kind of the long-term spin-off of that. And there's nothing, I, I mean, I want you to know, I've done everything. I've uh, taken a responsibility for my mistakes. I've asked for forgiveness. I've supported him unconditionally. I mean, I've done every textbook, right? Like I'm a coach. I know what the textbook is. I've done everything. I've done the personal work, you know, like you name it. Uh, and he, you know, he is where he is. And sometimes the reality of other people is no matter how much we love them, no matter how much we want to heal the relationship, no matter how much it's possible, no matter how many right actions, right thoughts, right things we do, no matter how many prayers we say, no matter how, how many mindfulness exercises we do, no matter how many affirmations we use, no matter how many meditations we do, no matter how many yogis we see, no matter how many ashrams we go to, churches, <laughs> synagogues, you know. Fortune uh, tellers, right, yeah, fortune cookies. Right, no matter how many of these things that we do, sometimes people just need time to heal. Yeah, no, and I can tell you honestly, it's been a few years since we have unblended and i can tell you i think unblending a family is worse than a sort of traditional divorce because you know it is a second marriage and i just remember you know when he moved out he moved into my house and i remember we were just arguing so much over this teeniest thing and again because i never felt like a priority it always felt like he was you know like he stepped up when his kids were there, but when it came to my daughter, not so much, uh, but he could probably say the same about me. And there were times I would sit in my driveway thinking, I do not want to go into this house. I just don't either that, or I would lock myself in my bedroom because I, I literally couldn't deal with, with all the stress or what it was I doing wrong. And quite frankly, I, I do think that, Again, you have to be selfless. You have to have a big, big heart. Yeah. You have to almost be a saint to be in a blended family to make it a success. And maybe I'm just not that person. And that's fine. Like there's all sorts of people who- Well, I think, uh, you know, I think that one person can't carry it. No, and I, and- or Maybe a, you're and, maybe you're more of a saint than you think, uh, but, maybe, but maybe you and your partner were just kind of missing it. And it sounds like there's- um, you know, there was huge learnings in it. So I think that what our audience would love to know is if you were going to give uh, like three quick tips for people thinking about blending a family or who are in blended families, what would they be? And I heard that one of them for sure would be, you need to have a giant forgiving heart. Yeah. So a couple of things, first of all, I mean, he moved into my place. So it always felt like I, which I had lived in for years before. So 
I always felt like my place, my place. And so you have to start like changing your mind about that. So I would suggest maybe not moving to, to each other's house is that that's the possibility and like start fresh. Well, that, and that's something think... we did. That's something we did right, by the way, is we started fresh. <laughs> no, because honestly, because when I think back, I think, oh my God, my daughter already had her room. So these, his children didn't even get to pick their room really. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So I would suggest if you can and maybe people can't because you know it's expensive to move but start fresh it's a like, worthwhile investment yeah start fresh um discuss money money is the root of all problems in relationships i think um like who is paying for what how are we going to do this yeah. um uh we never had uh it's he never really paid for rent or contributed to the mortgage. So cl so clarity about who's going to pay for what, how you're where, what monies you're going to how are you going to divide it? But also, you know, having some individual money is important in any kind of relationship. So I get it. Um, giant heart, uh, start fresh. Make sure you understand your money. Your I have an understanding about money and anything else you throw in there. I like there's got to be something about the extended family. Well, first of all, you can't force people to you can't force children to like each other, Truth. even though in in uh, in that situation, actually, the kids kind of did get along. But you can't force kids to like the new person. And I will tell you, out of all of this, the hardest phone call I had to make that I hopefully I don't cry. But the hardest phone call I had to make was to my daughter's father to tell him that a new man was moving in to my house and mm. is going to be living with his daughter. And I could hear on the other end, like he was nice. He was like, oh, congratulations. But at the same time, I could hear that little in his throat, that the gulp, because yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think of how this would affect my daughter's father. Of course it's going to affect him. Some other man is like moving into his house and is going to spend more time with him like of course you would worry and likewise i think i should have been nicer to um uh my now ex's ex-wife i i really do i would have made more of an effort to um get along because you do realize okay it doesn't matter even if your kids graduate you know college you know whatever you still have to show up to these places and you're still in the same room with them so you know and I got caught up in his drama with his ex-wife, which I, I shouldn't have. But you know, love, love goggles. Of course, you're going to side with your partner. Yeah. But I look at the big picture. Look at five steps ahead of who is going to be affected. Yeah. What I'm hearing there is you. You really want to consider the, the family ecology, the extended family, the other players, uh, and really think about, all right, what are the relationships going to be? How are we going to share this with them? Where are the boundaries going to be? This is great advice. Hey, Rebecca, how can people find you if they want to reach out to you uh, in any capacity, whatever capacity you feel you can help them? Um, they can reach out to me at uh, inf info at rebooks.ca or go to my website, www.rebooks.ca dot ca or if you're interested in buying blissfully blended bullshit just you can go on amazon or uh Great. barnes and nobles or indigo 
And we'll have links for the book and for the, the links that Rebecca just mentioned in the meeting notes for this. And uh, you can always, if you have trouble finding them, just uh, direct message us or reach out to us. We're going to make sure that you're connected to Rebecca. Rebecca, the question I ask everyone at the end of the show is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? Um, okay, so the legacy I'd like to be, leave behind because now I'm a publisher of aspiring female authors and you know, I just took on an author who was rejected 132 times. I was 133, but I saw a great story in it. So um, I would like to inspire young women or women of all ages for that matter, uh, that not only that, yes, you can do, but you will. And I would also like to say that in a world, and maybe this is coming off of what I've learned blending and, and it continues, you know, it's years later, but it still haunts me and it's still ongoing our issues. But I would say that in a world where you could be anything, why not be kind? Sweet. Sweet. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This Thank was you. awesome. And I, I, again, I just, I love your honesty and transparency and all that you've learned and the learnings you shared with us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I think it's important to be honest about this because it's an eye-opener. I'm I'm with you 100%. But I like the fact that you're successful and I'm not, I wasn't. So it's you a good what? balance. It's it, it, The only difference is I'm still in the marriage, but we definitely have fallout. We definitely had damage. It's not like, it's not like uh, a Facebook post where everything's rosy, wonderful, and perfect. You know, there's 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 fallout from where, the uncomfortable things we missed as well. Uh, and yeah, the, and the, don't believe the celebrities who all get along on their vacations because I don't think that's necessarily true. Well, we hope that it is, but yeah, it's probably not. Thank you again. Thank you so much.